0: Good morning. Morning, morning. Merry Christmas to each one of you. It's good to be here this morning. Give okay, one time, put your hands together for our children, yeah, yeah. our kids on the Av team, our leaders that make that happen, work so hard. You know, it's funny when something looks so simple, it takes a lot of work to make it look that easy. Shout out to Alora over here with the shining star. Shoulders are gonna be feeling good today. That star up there the whole time. Each one just did an amazing job. I love that we have a team that gets creative and wants to do something fun like that and includes our children and makes some great memories. If you're visiting with us this morning, thanks for being here. As Pastor James alluded to, excited you're here this morning. Welcome home. Welcome to the Avenue. On your seat, you'll see an orange card. It's called a Connect card. And we'd love it if you would take a moment and fill that out and drop it at our Next Steps table in the lobby as you leave this morning. And when you do, we'll exchange that card with a gift that we have just for you. Not just a gift because it's Christmas time, but a gift we have all year round for each one of our guests that come to visit us here. We'd love to send that home with you, and then we just connect to you on that card whatever way you would like us to. Lots going on here at the Avenue and excited as we have so many things happening. Uh, As you notice, today is the 17th, and so we've already gone through some of this list. As we proceed into it, uh, we began receiving our legacy offering last week. And that is simply our end of the year giving, where we ask each one of you, beginning to have that conversation in November, to begin praying and asking God, what would He have you do for an end of year offering? We give you several lanes to give into, and this year those lanes are... Uh, present updates here for the avenue we're looking to do some makeover on some certain areas and certain things and so if you want to give to that we've had people just say hey what do we what what area directly do we need to give to at the church and so i just say hey given one of these lanes we want you to give to where your heart feels connected to it and so we're going to update some things around here at the avenue, and then also we have a lane for growing, and so building and land. As you can see, this stage is way too small for our children. And sometimes I feel like I'm confined. This morning I'm working around some scenery here. So we need a big building with a big stage. Come on, somebody. And lots of chairs. We had a record attendance last weekend for this year. The highest attendance we've seen at the at the avenue this year, outside of Easter Sunday, last Sunday in the middle of December. Come on, give God some praise. And we are looking to be able to expand. So if you want to give into that lane where we say, hey, we're going to grow to building the land and put it aside for that, we'd love for you to have an end-of-year legacy offering that goes towards that. Or if you have a missional heart that you want to give towards missions, we're also raising money. We're collecting money to be able to send to a mission organization that we partner with, World Compassion, who will be sending that over to help each family affected by the war in Israel and Palestine, where it's a box and a Bible for 60 bucks so you and your family can sponsor that as well, and we're hoping to do 50 of those boxes to be able to send over there. So e- any of those lanes you want to connect to, and you can give via the website myavenue.church/give. You can give all, as you text to give 84321. You could just put any amount followed by the word legacy, or followed by the word present, future, or missions. It's pretty simple. You can look on there. You'll see the drop-down box on the on, online. You'll see a drop-down tab. It'll make it real easy for you. As you text, you can give whatever amount it is plus the word you want to give into the lane afterwards as well. It'll go there. Uh, if you need more details than that, if you want to give it the giving box in the back, you can do that as well and put it on the envelope or on the memo line of the check. We want to make giving as simple and easy as possible. It's not that complicated. We, however, do not want to pressurize it. It is not something that we say, hey, this is something everybody has to really just give. We, we would love to have everybody participate fully. But by all means, you talk to God and have a conversation and do whatever it is He has you do. If you're visiting with us this morning, this service is our gift to you. And so we hope you enjoy it. We hope you're excited to be here this morning and have a great time. Christmas Eve is next Sunday. Can you believe it? Come on. Christmas Eve is coming. It's not that far away. My kids have multiple countdowns in the house. How many? Multiple countdowns going on in the house. So we are never at a loss for how far away it is. Next Sunday, we have two services, our regular services, 9 and 1030 Christmas Eve services. Excited. And then the following week on New Year's Eve, we will not have service at all. It is the one Sunday year we take off and we do not have service there. So we encourage you to spend time with your family, to rest, to travel, to enjoy the end of the year. And we will get back at it better than ever January the 7th on that Sunday And we're excited as we dive into a brand new series in January. This morning we are in a series called Coming Home for Christmas. And as that bumper, message bumper alluded to, it's about the idea of coming back to the house. Because home is such a place that is structured and built in many of our lives that Christmas is that special time of the year when it just is set aside to be different. However, for some of us, The memories and the ideas and the concepts of Christmas may not be as wonderful as it is for somebody else. So when somebody says, it's the most wonderful time of the year, somebody else may have a flashback to a time of trauma and go, not so much for me. It may be more challenging at that time of the year. Or maybe it was as a child, but now at this stage in your life. We have so many different people represented in this. We're trying to give you tools as to how to make it. What it it was, it was, and what it will be, you can control. So how do we make this time of the year, coming home for Christmas, a wonderful time? So the first week, we talked about being secure, not walking in insecurity towards what other people think of you, towards how you have to approach your Christmas season. Last weekend, we talked about reducing stress. Come on. Did anybody have a less stress week we talk about just reducing the stress of Christmas and how that stress can mount and it just flows and it's like a, a domino, knocks everything over. This morning, I want to give you another word to help as we uh, approach this Christmas season. And they have these props up here, so I'm just going to play along with it. I just kind of came up with this thought based on where we are, with the kids doing their deal, and then these props are here. And so they told me I had to have an abbreviated message and I would have about 15 minutes. I got 15 minutes of notes, but that clock has more than 15 minutes on it. It worked out in my favor. See? <laughs> I don't know who lied to me. They said that production was going to be like 20 minutes long and we should be out of here in just a few minutes. Give me about 22 minutes and I want to talk to you about part 3 of our series coming on for Christmas and how that can help us have the best Christmas ever. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you this morning. For your love, your mercy, and your grace for being so good to us and so kind. Speak to us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, I want to read for you Colossians chapter two. It's our theme verse for this series. It says this: So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. I think those keys right there are wonderful keys at Christmas time. rooted and built in Him. We're strengthened in the faith that we have, and we are overflowing with thankfulness in a season that can sometimes be challenging. How many of y'all ever watch a movie? You're in the middle of watching a movie. You're watching a movie. It's going on. You're at home. God forbid you're in the movie theater and this happens, but there you are at home watching it, you're at the good part, there's a great scene, you've heard about this, excited, for. it. maybe you're in the middle of a series, maybe you've been binging something because you got some spare time right now during the Christmas season, took some PTO, and there you are watching it, and all of a sudden, somebody comes walking in, in the middle of your movie, and they ask, what movie is this? What's going on? Who are they? I didn't know they were in this movie. And everything inside of you wants to go and have a holly jolly Christmas, but everything that comes out of you is telling them to calm down, to leave the room, and get out. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Come on. Like, you're in the middle of the movie. Do not, dis- do not disturb a movie. Don't walk in. I, pet peeve, if you're in a movie theater and it happens, it's horrible. It's the craziest thing. But when you're at home and the people that you live with, they should understand. They should get it. Don't disturb a movie time. They walk in, and they're in the middle of a scene, and there they are. It's a cliffhanger, whatever the scenario, about to break up with her at the Hallmark movie. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they just want to know what's going on. What's this movie about? You don't have time to do that. You don't have time to break this movie down for them. How many times in your life do you feel like somebody has walked in, in the middle of your life, in a particular scene, at a moment when you're like, that's not who I really am. You don't even know my life. You haven't watched me from the beginning and you won't stay through till the end. But you're making a conclusion about me right now because this is the part of my movie that you saw. So, recently, this year, we celebrated our 16-year wedding anniversary. So, Tara had a wonderful idea, and she decided, hey, let's take some pictures, have a little photo shoot at home. Now, I don't remember if it was that well planned. I think she was just kind of like spontaneous. And so, it wasn't this big deal. Just sit on the couch. She had a couple of balloons, a one and a six, and we were both going to hold one, say, 16 years. And then the kids might jump in one, and Frankie, our 17-year-old, is going to be the photographer. So he's on the side there, and he's taking pictures, five pictures, 10 pictures, 20 pictures, 30 pictures, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 pictures, 150 pictures, 200 pictures, 250 pictures, 300, 350, 360, 370, 380, 390, 396 pictures later. 396 photographs later. Just in case you can't understand what that really looks like, let me show it to you. Go. Even the dog made it in 396 photos later. And how many got used? So, what we showed everybody on social media to celebrate our 16 year anniversary was the one. But what nobody saw was the 395 it took to get to the one. And you know what happened in the 395? Somebody got an attitude somebody got frustrated. Somebody got irritated. Somebody got offended. Somebody got their feelings hurt. Somebody had to have a break. Somebody had to step away. You name it, it happened. Somebody got tired, exhausted, worn out. Do you know how hard it is to make your face just... (laughs) And that's all I had to do. She had to coach them up and lead them and direct them. All I had to do was... I thought it was easy to look this good. It's not. (laughs) 396 photos later. This morning, this message is called Your Real Life. Your Real Life, as in R E E L. Because I think the life that we give people and the life we live are oftentimes different. We act away, we talk away. We think a certain way. We behave a certain way. We show certain people one real; Other people get another real. And who are you really? This is a place Mary and Joseph find themselves in. They have been told, hey, you're going to have a baby. Nobody's been married. Nobody... You're going to have a baby. Nobody asked them their opinion. Did you remember the angel coming and saying, hey, what do you guys think of this plan? Here's a setup. You're not married. You're a teenager, Mary. You're going to get pregnant. And then everybody's going to think this of you. They're going to look at you that way. You're going to be an outcast. Joseph is not going to believe you. He's going to think you're lying to him. Like what part of her life really would she put on Instagram today? What scene would she show? What part of her real would she be willing to say, this is who I am? Joseph, in the same position. This man, the Bible calls him, was a faithful and a just man, an upright man. He probably didn't do a lot on social media knowing Joseph. Like just looking at his life, he was probably more like the, uh, I don't trust that thing. I'm not going to get on there and show everybody my business. Rightfully so. And he probably approached it from a place of, ah, I just don't think that that's something that I want to get into. Especially now, because I'm going to divorce her and put her off to the side. Gets a visitation from an angel. The angel says, hey, don't be afraid. Take her as your wife. The baby inside of her is from the Holy Spirit. She's still a virgin. Marry her after the baby's born. And he has to take the angel at his word. Like, which life is real? These guys are living this out, and we have the ability to look back. Think about this. When this all occurred, this, the, the country of Israel, the nation of Israel, was under Roman occupation. Caesar was the first Caesar in place, Augustus. Forty years prior, Julius Caesar had been assassinated. Mark Anthony had ruled, and now Augustus had named himself Caesar, Emperor One, and he's ruling. There's about a million people living in Rome, and all of a sudden, over here, this little side place in Israel, all of this occurs. So Emperor Caesar wants to know how many people do I have in all of my kingdom? He sends out us, so they have to go and register. Joseph has got to walk this girl. Well, I don't think the Bible tells us whether or not they rode on a donkey. We assume that she did. We see it in all the pictures, the movies. We didn't have a donkey this morning. No Tate. next year, possibility to have a donkey. I'm always down. I think that in these scenarios, we just look at it and go, you know, what a cute little couple Mary and Joseph were. That's sweet was she. Look at them. They're just always holding hands as they walk along. Like, they're just in love. They love each other so much. This was God's plan. They received it. They trusted God. And look how cute they are together. I wonder how many arguments they had. (laughs) Going 70 miles, being pregnant, unmarried, trying to figure life out i bet you they didn't post anything to social media on the trip because things were too challenging for them and i think oftentimes in our lives we wonder why why it's so hard for us and it was so easy for them we forget how difficult it must have been in the moment that in the moment where you're at right now you wonder how am i going to get out of this moment I want to enjoy Christmas, I want to feel the holidays, I want to be so glad, and maybe you're walking through a lot of emotions this Christmas season. Maybe, you're, uh, maybe you've lost somebody this year, it's the first year you're living life on earth without them, and you're wondering, how is Christmas going to feel without their presence here? That's real. It's not just R-E-E-L, it's R-E-A-L. Or maybe you took a child and they went off to college. And this year you deposited them in school and you left them behind. You know what's crazy is when you get to college, you drop them off. You show a picture, a little selfie. Here we are, first day of school, about to go home. You don't show you in the U-Haul truck driving. Aaron's nodding. You don't show you making sure everything gets in place and set up and running the target last minute to get the dorm room already. All of that is included In the story, but we just let people see the smile. Christmas can be such a challenging moment. That's why the celebration is so vital, because Christmas is not about you and I. We say He came to earth for us, and He did. The angel said He has come to save His people from their sin, yet Christmas was about Him. It's about Jesus. It's about His story, being told. And I love going through the Bible and, and reading stories. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. Where you can go through David and Goliath. You can go through some old school stories. Noah. You can go through all these stories, and you, even as you teach them to a child, you give them these stories. And how many of y'all grew up with the flannel board in the church? Come on, somebody. How many of y'all grew up with the uh, the pickle and the tomato? What were they called? The singing pickle. There they are, veggie tales, veggie tails. Larry the cucumber, not the pickle. He hadn't been putting it in, in the vinegar yet. He was still a cucumber. I didn't pay attention a lot at that age. They always give you the highlight reel. Look at this. Here's Noah on the ark, family is safe, as if it was a joyride with animals in a boat. Everybody have fun. The giraffes, the lions don't eat each other. But in the moment, how difficult would it have been? How challenging would life be in that moment for Noah, his wife, three sons, three daughter-in-laws? Think about it. His daughter-in-law's family didn't make it. The emotional weight that they're carrying, the sadness and the grieving that is happening for them, Their friends, other people around that they grew up with and they knew weren't on the ship, this thing wasn't exactly always as happy as we make it out to be. And sometimes Christmas, when we look at somebody and say, Merry Christmas, they say it on the outside because it's the highlight reel. But what they're feeling on the inside is despair, it's grief, it's mourning, it's trauma, it's challenge, it's can we just get through this season? These stories, as we get through them, we understand this. When you tell your story, it it has three components to it. It's where you start, where you stop, and what you leave out. Think about it. Where you start your story is your choice, your option. Depending on who you're talking to, where do I start telling them about this? Where do I stop? what do I leave out? We all leave some stuff out. What do I add in? What do I leave out? And I believe that the basic inside of that comes from a place of trust. Do I trust this individual enough to determine how far back I'll start, when I end it, and what I'm going to leave out or what I'm going to add in? Do I trust them? we have a foundation that i can talk to a complete stranger they ask me how much how how you do it how's your day you don't want to know how my day is you're just saying hello but if it's somebody i know cares about me they've called me intentionally and they say how's your day you're gonna get about 130 seconds worth of me explaining my day may not be what you really meant but I felt like we had a trust value, and so I'm going to land it there and see what happens. Let's think about trust this week. I, I, I would, I, we have somebody that attends this church that lives down in the Galleria area. Goes past a lot of churches to get here. And I told him, I said, man, you pass a lot of churches. There's a lot of good. I can help you get one closer. He said, no, that's, this is the church I want to be at. This is my church. You're my pastor. And this is where we're going to be. What is the foundation of that? Trust. Because you know what I do? I went to the dentist this week. It took my whole family for cleanings. And guess where we went? Dana Memorial. You know how many dentists we passed to get there? Way too many. But you know, I know this guy. We have a friendship and I trust him. So I'm willing to drive 45 minutes one way to the dentist because I believe he'll Take care of me. Think about why you attend this church. Think about why you let your kids in the back. Think about what you do every day. You're trusting the situation. You're trusting the individual. You're trusting us with your kids. You're trusting the school. You're trusting that the you go to eat at a fast food restaurant and you order that thing. You are trusting somebody. You go into a nice restaurant. You're trusting somebody. Don't look back in the kitchen. Don't look at how it's made and it's prepared. Just know when it comes out on the plate, it looks good. That's the highlight reel. That's what we take a picture of. You know, they say if you want to really love a restaurant, don't go into the kitchen. I had a friend who owned a restaurant, still have a friend, and I came in the back door and I understood why they say that. And there was a moment where I didn't want to eat at his restaurant any longer. This is what happens in life. That's the real life. When you enter somebody's life, other than the front door, other than the way that everybody else approaches them, but you get into their life, and you begin to have a conversation, you really discover who they are, what they're going through, where they've been, where they start, where they stop, what they leave out, what they add in. This is the life that when we get there, we can trust somebody. Let me give you a key this morning, because I believe the key, the key is the foundation is trust, but the key is simply When it comes to God and allowing him, see, Mary and Joseph had to understand if we're going to do this thing, if we're going to carry the Son of God, if we're going to take care of this baby and walk this out, there has to be a key component here. So I got one because they told me I had 15 to 20 minutes this morning, so you're going to have one. Miracle of Christmas, one point this morning in my message. Write it down, surrender. Surrender. You have to be surrendered. We have to surrender our lives. What a word. What a challenging word. When was the last time I wanted to surrender my will and take 394 photographs when I got home from work? Because that's what I felt like doing. (laughs) Like sometimes I don't even feel like eating what somebody else wants to eat, let alone surrender to that. When was the last time you just felt like, I want to surrender, and I want to serve in this church, and I'm going to get up early, and I know people will be there for the 9 o'clock service, but I have to get there before that, so I'm going to surrender my will and time that I could be sleeping or spending with my family, and I'm going to serve, and I'm going to make sure I get there and make it all set up, prepare the place, and, and help be a part of serving. People on the dream team who serve are people whose lives and hearts are surrendered because they've given space for God to speak to them and say, hey, I want to play a role here. I want to do this. What can I do to contribute to what God is doing here? It's a position of surrender in our hearts. Surrender is this place that Mary and Joseph had to get to so that they could do what God had positioned them to do. Mary probably had aspirations and plans and goals. As a teenage girl, she probably had some things in her mind that she wanted to do. I got an idea that she was probably a really smart girl with a high IQ. She was going to be the mother of baby Jesus. God didn't just pick some random girl, He said, You have found favor. Tells me there were some other girls possibly in the running. Other possibilities, you have found favor. God has been searching and looking, and you're the one. So Mary probably had a checklist of what kind of husband she wanted and what she was going to do with her life, even in the ancient world. Oh, stop all that, Mary. You're going to have a baby. Scholars believe she's 14, 15 years old. And there she goes in a place of surrender. And I love what she says in Luke chapter 1, verse 38. When she's told, you will have a baby, and she said, I am the Lord's servant, may your word be, to me be fulfilled. She said, I am the Lord's servant, may your word to me be fulfilled. And that, that is her response. So what was your last response when God told you what he wanted you to do? What did you respond with the last time he said, this is going to be, I want to do in your life? Maybe he didn't say it, but you began to see the dominoes falling. You began to see it play out. You look, no, God, why? Not me. What about them? I can't do that. I'm not qualified. No. Mary could have said up many things. She simply said, Your word be fulfilled. Here I am. I'm your servant. See, surrender is the key to stepping into a place where Christmas feels a lot more fulfilling than it has before. Where when you go into the next year, when you go to the next season of life, you get to this place and you walk out and go, I have surrendered my will to God. We have the manger scene. It's funny we call it the manger scene because if you took baby Jesus and just looked at him right here in this space, in this spot, in this manger, If that's the only part of Jesus' life you knew, you miss out. If you started and stopped just at Christmas, you wouldn't see who Jesus was at 12 years old. We get a glimpse of him teaching. We get a glimpse of him surrendering that will to teach and saying, I'll go back home and be with mom and dad. We fast forward up to 30 years old, 18 years later. We get another glimpse. There he is. He's coming out. He's being baptized We go through his life we see him making friends developing people and we get these glimpses why because you've got to see the full story if you only look at the manger scene you'll never know about the cross if you never know about the cross you won't know about the burial if you don't know about the burial you'll never find out about the tomb And if you don't know about the tomb you can't discover forgiveness for our sins which is he will be a savior to his people. He will save them from their sins. If you only look at one scene, you can't see his full life. But the problem is, as you look at your life in that one scene and you hold yourself to it. I know what I did. I know who I was. I know where I went. I know what I think. And because of one bad moment, You and your mind have established this is who you are, and you've received that label. And you live with it. Not as a child, not as a teenager, but as an adult. I did something really stupid. No time for the discussion this morning. But I was in guilt and shame. I remember sitting at the table in my parents' house, just frustrated about it. And my mom looked at me and said some words that set me free. She said, it's what you did. It's not who you are. And I have echoed those words to other people to help set them free for years. Because in that moment, she helped open my eyes to see that my mistake wasn't a mistake. It was a moment and not my life story. The manger is a moment. The crucifixion is a moment. The resurrection is a moment. These are all moments that we have of Jesus' story. That's a moment in my life. My life has a story. That's a moment in it. It's a moment for you where you are right now. This church has a story. We could tell stories about when we met at the school. We could tell stories about when we met online during the pandemic. We'll tell stories one day of meeting in a racetrack. Do you imagine how people are going to look at you sideways when you tell them we met in a racetrack (laughs) and grew? But if you look at it, you walk in, you check us out and go, ah, I liked it. But, you know, they're just on a racetrack. It's a moment. It's a moment. It's a great moment. I love this moment. But I know it's not the end. We're not even like mid-movie yet. I think we're still in the opening credits in a lot of ways of what God is doing in our church. So when we tell the story of the avenue, there is much to be told. Don't judge us on this moment alone. Your life shouldn't be judged on one moment alone. But in your life, what story will you tell? Where will you start? Where will you stop? What do you leave in? What will you add? What will you add in? What will you leave out? It's so important that we understand how that plays out. Because if we don't, we will many times think of our lives and misunderstand exactly what God's doing. Do I have a keyboard this morning? It's behind, it's behind the... T- oh, there she is. She's Coming up to play. Thank you. I think when you look at it, When you look at the story, Jesus, we see these scenes, you see your life, we see the prophecies. 700 years before, Micah prophesied. Contemporary to Isaiah, Isaiah prophesies. For 700 years, we go through a period of wondering, waiting, watching. 400 of those years, the... Jewish people didn't hear from God one time. There's silence. And the silence was broken when the angel appeared to Mary and said, you're going to have a baby. Call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. Maybe in your life, you've gone through moments. Maybe you're in one right now. These moments just feel like they're not going to end. They're unending, everlasting. And I think a lot of people settle. It's like you pause the movie in the middle as if you're going to finish it later. You've paused your life, and this is where you are, this is who you are. My encouragement to you today is to keep going keep living keep dreaming keep understanding keep believing would you stay with me in the room I don't want to pray for you after I pray for you Pastor James is going to come up give you some instructions but what I don't want you to do is to walk out of here without hope proper understanding of hope. is just I expect that something is going to change. I expect that soon enough what I'm believing for is coming. That's the hope of Christmas. The hope that the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus, would be born. Hope that one day He would arrive. I want you to walk out this morning with a hope just because you're in a moment, it doesn't mean it's your full movie. And your life can look different. That loss, that mistake, that divorce, that bankruptcy, whatever you're walking through is a moment. Father, I thank you today for speaking to us, for being here in the room with us. Thank you for sending Jesus and we see his life we can pull back and see it in full visual perspective, not just in a glimpse. We glimpse at Christmas and we celebrate it knowing that it leads to Easter, knowing that it leads to something much greater. God, I pray today for every person in the room watching online here in this space that's listening, that's hearing. Maybe they came out to see their kid today. Maybe they came out to discover you. Maybe they came out to find out about this church. Maybe they came out today to serve and be a part of You stopped them in their tracks and you said, this morning, let's have a conversation because somebody has settled but it's time for them to keep moving. God, I thank you for the strength you give us to not give up. When we make mistakes, we don't walk away. God, right now, you're strengthening a marriage. There's been a conversation in this marriage that maybe this is just it and it can't go on. But God, I pray that they hold on to your word. They realize that in a moment there is help, there's counsel, there's strength, there's miracles. There are things that they can put into place and they can see this marriage do more than just survive. But it can thrive. It can be all that they signed up for. It can be everything they believed it would be. They can expect it to be the greatest marriage ever. Lord, bring us to a place of surrender. Surrender to our wills, to our will, and a place of receiving yours. Surrender to your will. God, we thank you. Strengthen your people in Jesus' name. Just close your eyes for just a moment. Keep them closed. Let me pray with you today. I've repeated several times that the Bible says Jesus would come to save his people from their sins. What are sins? Sins are just mistakes we make, sometimes on purpose, sometimes unintentionally. But either way, we make them, and they keep a separation, a gap, a gulf between us and God that we can never cross on our own. This is the whole purpose of Jesus coming to earth was so that he could close the gap and make it possible. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to come to Father God, you have to come through me. So we believe Jesus is the way to God the Father. Now I'm going to give you a moment, an opportunity at Christmas time to take him up on his word. If you want to put faith in Jesus and surrender to him, surrender your life and make him Lord of your life. I want to pray with you. Across this room, people are going to pray from side to side, curtain to curtain from front to back, those watching online. When we do, I want to ask you, I'll give you some words, you can repeat them if you want, ask you to put your faith in say Jesus. You said you came to save us from our sins. Today I want you to do that for me. And let him know that. If that's you, pray with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for coming into my life at this moment. Forgive me of my sins and make me clean. Wash me of all my wrongs. Make me new. Use my life. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Come on, everybody, say it loud. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate all that God's doing in our lives.